All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 206, and this is a show where we share our feelings with the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. Visit us over on Twitter at PS. This is awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. If you're watching the YouTube channel, we have our PSN handles under our respective ugly mugs. So, as always, you can write the show, PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show. With all your friends, be sure you leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit, and as a reminder, this is a video podcast as well, so you can watch the show on YouTube like I mentioned earlier, so be sure to subscribe to our channel over there. And for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support the show at a $1 level called the One and Only $1 Club, so head over to www.patreon.com slash PS, this is awesome, and you can become a $1 patron of our show and get a free die cut sticker and a shout out on the show. So, with that out of the way, Jake, good evening. What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. I got a lot of gaming in today. I'll tell you that. That's good. Yeah, it felt good. I uh, <clears throat> didn't plan on it, but it just kind of happened that way. You know, like sometimes you get, uh, you're like, oh, I'm just going to play a little bit this morning, or I'm just going to do this or that or the other, and then like a game just kind of grabs you. And you're just like, shit, like, I didn't realize where the time went, but I've been doing this for quite a while. That's what happened with me this morning. We're recording this on Saturday, the 29th of January, 2022. And uh, outside of just uh, freshly coming out of a video game, it's been a pretty decent day. I uh, went grocery shopping earlier. Man, it's been cold as shit here. It, like... I looked yeah. at the temperature; it was like five degrees, and uh, and then it was twelve, and then you know, the, I don't know. We we had a bridge collapse recently in Pittsburgh, not far from here, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if you heard about that. A bridge mm-hmm. went down; no one died, so that's good. But uh, that's some regional news. But <clears throat> I just, I don't know. Things are good. I just, I don't know. I'm back to work. I kicked the COVID for the most part. I still have a cough. Trying to think what else has been going on. We have to cut our dog's hair. Do, do you cut your own dog's hair or do you take them to a groomer? My dog's hair doesn't need cut. That's nice. That's a power move there. Getting a dog doesn't need a haircut. No. I mean, I would rather have to trim their hair than deal with how much my dog shit. Yeah, your your dog does shit a lot. Yeah. They both shit a lot, I think. It's mostly the Dalmatian, but... Chloe does shed too. Yeah. Well, it's like one of those things where Charlie, we've always cut his hair. He's like a 28 pound dog for anyone who doesn't know. And uh, he actually has hair. He doesn't have fur. He's hypoallergenic. So like he, he doesn't like getting haircuts. He doesn't like clippers and we can't take him anywhere to get his haircut because I'm sure he'll just give him a hell of a time. So we kind of have put ourselves in the situation that we have to cut his hair because we didn't train him any better so it's always like fighting tooth and nail to get any any because he has hair it grows longer and longer and longer and longer and it'll get matted like dreadlocks and stuff if we don't if we don't cut it enough and now that we have all this snow in the yard he'll run outside 
and he'll, and he'll do his thing and then he'll get excited and go through where there's not like a trail in the snow and then he'll come in the house and he'll just have icicles and balls of snow just hanging off of his hair and it gets on the couch and it gets the floor wet and it's just like we have to cut his hair essentially and we were going to do it today but we've resigned just because it's too much of a pain in the ass we're going to do it tomorrow so that's the plan at the Oakman household but Outside of that, man, not a whole lot's going on. I finished my dice tower. I printed a 3D printed a dice tower for that Hero Quest game. I have a few more miniatures left to paint, but I'm pretty much through through them. I have two more goblins to paint and three kind of like witch witch lords to paint, and then I have I think like between probably six. Chaos Warriors or Dread Warriors are like big. Uh, they're really easy to paint. They're real simple to paint because there's not a lot of color to them. It's just like there's full body armor. So it's just like the silver, the dark silver, and then like their shields will be like a color. So those guys will go quick and then it's done. The figures are done. Then I got to paint the furniture and stuff, and that'll be a quick uh, two day thing probably. So I'm real excited. I'm making progress on that. But I don't know. What about you, man? Are you doing anything this weekend? You said you were fixing a door earlier when I called you. Yeah, um, just general kind of stuff around the house. I have a lot of hockey. I played hockey Thursday night. Mm. I had a game last night, which was Friday night. I have a game tomorrow night. So basically I have three games in four days, which is wow, um, a lot. I mean, I enjoy it, so it's not like a big deal other than it's really tiring. I didn't get home last night till like 2 o'clock in the morning. Jeez. But, uh, um, excuse me. Yeah, not really a whole lot. Just kind of cleaning up around the house and stuff. I've been doing a little bit of gaming, but nothing really mm-hmm. extraordinary. All right. Well, let's talk about we games. Put our, games we're playing. I'm going to try to put my uh, Christmas decorations away tomorrow. That's my plan for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. If I finally threw out all the Christmas cards in my office, all the my coworkers gave me, just chucked them on, on Friday before I left, went to go home. I was like, ah, these don't need to be on display anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about some games we're playing, man. So, uh, I wish I had played this in 2021 cause it probably would have made my game of the year selection. And, uh, I, for those who've been listening to the show, know that I picked up resident evil village on, uh, Black Friday for like 20 bucks or something. And uh, I got it, and I I was doing a little bit of research, and I can't believe that Resident Evil 7 came out five years ago. Like, it feels like that just came out. But that's about right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, Village is a continuation of Ethan Ethan's story from Resident Evil Village. You beat Village, right? I did, yes. So, Ethan and, and Mia... It's their, It's a continuation of their story. And there's some crazy twists. I know you, you guys have all seen the, the trailer when they announced it with uh, Chris Redfield. And, you know, it's weird. It had, like, this medieval setting, you know, where, where there's, like, uh, it looks like you're, like, in a castle or, like, you know, back in the old days or something. It was kind of a real cool aesthetic. I've got a few things to say about this. I beat it. I beat it in, like, three days. It only Resident Evil games also are like pretty synonymous with being relatively digestible games, right? Stories, and mm-hmm. I, I figured that out when I played three, and it was only like five and a half hours to beat it. And uh, Resident Evil Village took me a little over nine hours to beat, and I played it on normal difficulty, and it's a little more like 
It's probably not for Die Hard because there, there, I feel like there's like two. There's there's maybe three, right? Maybe there's three tiers of Resident Evil fans. Like there's the tier of people who just like, or I guess the, the if you looked at like a, a Venn diagram you would have three overlaps. You'd have one circle that would be diehard, old school. I want survival horror. I want minimum ammunition. I don't want to be like a run and gun game. I, I want it to be old school Resident Evil. And then you have the next circle would be like people who are like really okay with the newer way that they're doing it, the first person Resident Evil games, right? Like Village and Seven and whatever other first person games they have. I don't know which ones they have, but some people really would prefer that now with the new RE engine they're using and things just look fantastic. And then maybe you have this train of thought of people who just like love it and they're just like, I'll, I'll play it, I'll do it all, right? So I feel like I'm in that bigger circle so maybe there's two circles right and then if you put them together then you know the venn diagram only has one two circles that overlap so that that would be more correct so that is where i i'm writing that overlap i'm okay with the old school way and i'm okay with the new school way i'm not particularly uh hurt about them continuing the village story i was on reddit and people were like you know ah, you know I, I played the village and or I played sorry continuing the seven story in the village and I played seven and you know bah, made, really turned me off from Resident Evil you know I'll stick to the old ones you know and people were like ah, I'll stick to the old ones and then some people were like oh man this is really fantastic I love that it's a, it's a straight continuation of the story of Ethan of Ethan's story and I'm in that camp man I I loved it I you know they actually when I started the game they give you so you don't have to play 7 but I would 100% recommend that you do so that you're more invested in the characters but man so they give you the option when you start village and they they go hey um do you want a recap of Resident Evil 7 and you can say yes and it goes through the story real quick for you it's really cool and they tell you uh, exactly how it plays out and what happened and, and, you know, that story. And then, boom, you're in uh, the Village game. And, uh, man, I can't even say anything about it without spoiling the shit out of it. But it's really good. Now, Jake, when I told you I was playing it, you said you had heard or had read places that it kind of tapers off in the middle to, to the end or something. <clears throat> I... I can see, like, so the way that the game works, um, without going into detail, is you have, you have, like, mini levels, right? So the the whole thing, they got the free demo for Village where you were in Castle Demestriu, or I don't even know how to pronounce it, with the real tall lady, right? And and the witches and stuff. Um, so you get, you get four really different experiences in this game. As Ethan, so the game pulls you into these different locales. So the first one would be that castle. Another one is like a water kind of like swampy area. Another one is like a mine, like in the basement of this mine. Another one's in this really beautiful mansion that sits on the side of a waterfall. You have to go in, and and they're all really wildly different kind of gameplay that they they force you into. So some of them are more action oriented, some are more stealth oriented, some of them are more like just these are some really weird puzzles. But the gameplay in in Village is in the level design. The level design mainly 
I was the most impressed with because you know how they always lock off areas and it's it's like a Metroidvania. It's like there's so many doors that you can't get in. There are certain keys that you need to get into certain places. When I first ended up in the village area, so there's like imagine like a castle and then, you know, Game of Thrones or something. And then you have like the commoners and all the commoners live down past the moat like that the castle oversees. So a lot of the game takes place in that village area. It's kind of like I would call like your home base. You keep getting thrown back into this area. So my first experience there... I was like very unleveled up. My weapons weren't upgraded. And uh, I there were all these places that were like, oh, this lock can be easily be picked as I'm rooting through the, the, the different buildings and stuff and running into different NPCs. And I'm finding like, oh, you need a crank to wheel the water well up. And I'm like, okay. And then I took a turn through a door and then it like locked me out of the village and I started like the castle de Mescrieu thing and I'm like oh shit how did I just not find the lock picks or did I not find the wheel and did I miss all this stuff but the way the level design is so clever that like as you play through the game and go through like the story content it'll shoot you back out in a different part of that village with more tools to do stuff in that common area so it's really it's really fantastic. And then there's a lot of that that goes on in the miniature levels too. So like in the castle, there there are certain keys that you need to get into certain areas. There's there's little secrets and hidden things all over the place. And they do a really cool job of uh, – there's to like level up and stuff. They have this character called the Duke. He's like this really obese dude and he's got a wagon and he has like all these like – different meats and stuff hanging off of his thing and different trinkets and, and he's like hey Ethan good to see you again and every time like you, you made it through like one of the levels you'd be like well I'm really happy to see that you got through that how can I help you you know and and Ethan like your character is like who are you no he's thinking you can hear his thoughts like who is this guy you know and then you know so you can get upgrades from him and, and you buy them with coins that you earn from kids monsters and also coins that you earn from finding trinkets so like you can find like let's say you find like a piece of let's say you find like a wooden horse right um okay cool i found a wooden horse i go into my inventory and it says valuable but valuable slash combinable which means if I find another piece somewhere in this game that attaches to that wooden horse and I combine them, it'll be worth super, super a lot of money. So you can find these trinkets and sell them back to the Duke, and he gives you money for them. He goes, you find anything valuable out there? And like you're like, oh, shit, yeah, I did. Yeah, here, I found this cool like fucking wooden horse. You know What will you give me for it? And then he like gives you some money, and then you can use that money to level up your weapons or buy more ammo. Or uh, I didn't – one thing I didn't do – Resident Evil has a feature where you can upgrade your health permanently and upgrade blah, blah, blah permanently. The way to do this is through the Duke, but you have to find animals in the village or in different levels, and you have to slaughter them and take their meat. And he makes you stews from the meat that you gather. And, of course, to take up space in your inventory, like all Resident Evil games, the inventory game's big. I mean, you gotta you can increase your inventory by by buying extra inventory from the Duke. So it's really fun, man. It's... And the RE engine, whatever they're doing with these, these the the graphic quality of these games, and the and how smooth it is and how good it looks, man, it's really something special. And the story is so good, Jake. Like towards like the 
Dude, there's a turn in this story. We're just like, what? Like, I think I went, what? No. I was like, really invested. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's crazy. You know? Because I was so invested from seven that you find out something that they throw in your face towards the end and it just mind blows. And then there's a nice little nugget where. Without spoiling anything, uh, they pull a little Last of Us on you where you get to play as another character for a bit. And that part's fucking fantastic. Um, So anyways, with that being said, you need to try Village if you're at all interested. And I think you would freaking love it. It's a great PS5 game. It looks so good. It plays fantastic. It's cheap enough now. The listeners ought to check it out. I know we have a lot of listeners who don't like the horror story stuff, the horror games, but whoo, buddy. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, that's cool. I'm really glad you like it. I'm super interested in playing it. I have it on Uh, disc. I just heard that... So when I said that I heard that it tapered off, I think it's just that a lot of people were disappointed that... Like all of their marketing and everything was was surrounding Lady Dimitrescu and her castle in the village and all that stuff, and then here that's like the first third of the game, and then it's just over. The first fourth, yeah, yeah, And, and so like people were just like, "What the hell?" Like this was a super interesting character. This is a really cool part, and then it ends up not even really being the like the main crux of the game the story it's just like it's like the intro part of it yeah and so i think that's what what, i mean i don't know i haven't played it that's just kind of what i've heard about it but uh yeah i'm definitely interested in playing it Mm. and you know if you have it on disc i'd be happy to borrow it from you yeah i I, I really really want to hear what you think about the game so i'll definitely lend it to you it's it's fantastic and then after i beat it of course they give you like for all the trophies that you got I believe the trophies are different, like little objectives that you did while you played your first playthrough. They give you coins, and a lot like the Uncharted games, you can go back into the bonus items and use those coins to unlock character skins and different stuff. But one of the features that I can unlock for a second playthrough would be like unlimited ammo for some of my weapons. And like that would make it so fun because I was constantly, while, while it wasn't very. It wasn't one of those games where I, f- I felt the need to hoard my ammo and stuff because there's a crafting system built into it. Just like you can craft medical plants and stuff. Um, sorry, my phone's going off. i got to turn this off. Um, but uh, while, while you can do that, you, you, have to, uh, you have to be mindful, you know. Um, the enemies take quite a few bullets. They're a little spongy at times, you know, with the handgun and stuff. And, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I've got 56 rounds. I'll be good. But you get a swarm of, like, the lichens or the, the zombie guys that come at you. Handgun, they'll put them down. But, I mean, you're going to use probably 40 rounds. And then you're like, so unlimited ammo I think would be really fun. <clears throat> but I don't know. That's- my, I mean, my understanding of the game is that it's one of the more run-and-gun Resident mm-hmm. Evil games. For it's sure. not as it's not as sparse and everything like that, but I know like I know when you say that it takes a lot to kill bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like, is that are you shooting them in the head every time? Because no. I know that 
in the old, in all the Resident Evil games that I've ever played, <laughs> it's like if you shoot them in the chest, it takes like fucking ten rounds to kill <laughs> yeah, them. Right. But if you shoot them in the head, you can usually get them down in one or two rounds. Yeah. So the thing, so yeah. you have to really, really take your time and aim to like conserve your ammo. And it's tough in this game. And and you're right. Yeah, it like does like double damage if they're headshots. But like the problem is, is that they animated these these bad guys knowing that you're going to be doing headshots on them. So, like, there are moments where you can game them, where, like, some of the lichens, they'll they'll jump off a rooftop, and they'll go, and they'll kind of stand like that, and, like, while their arms are in the air and they're screaming, that's, like, your only opportunity to catch them in the head. And if they're too far away, I mean, then they start coming at you, and they're, like, going like this and stuff, you know? And you're like, how the fuck am I supposed to shoot in the head? So then you just start, and then, you know, so... And then there are, like, some flying enemies... And uh, some of the enemies just do so much damage that, like, and there is a block feature. I don't know if that was ever in the other Resident Evil games, but you can put your hand up and almost mitigate all damage as long as you're up like this. And uh, that's a nice feature because the enemies do a lot of damage when they get you. So I don't know. It, it was fun, but yeah, I wasn't doing a lot of headshots. When I got the sniper weapon, it, it was cool. You know, you could you could definitely get some decent headshots. But then they have enemies that have like steel things around their heads. So that, like, you can't do a headshot on them, and then you have to hit him a couple times. Like, the sniper weapon, they have this one enemy. It's kind of like one of those uh, Lycan guys or something, but he has, like, this thing that's welded around his head. And uh, you hmm. try to shoot him in the head with a sniper weapon, and it'll, like, bing, and then he'll keep the helmet on. You're like, oh, fuck, am I going to waste another round of sniper ammunition, or should I just start plugging him with a handgun? You know, because I think two rounds in the head will knock his thing off, and the third one will kill him. But it's like, that's a lot of, like, rounds to kill it for headshots. Like, it's not easy to hit him in the head to begin with, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's a great game, though. But also, I beat the Hag Witch in Darkest Dungeon. I put a quick video up on the YouTube channel, so. If anyone wants to go to our YouTube channel and check out me defeating the Hag Witch, uh, kind of difficult. Um, pro tip: the pot is a is a uh, red herring, uh, so you don't don't try to free your hero from the boiling pot of water. Just attack her, and it's so much easier. So, all right, hmm. that's all I got on that. Jake, did, you said you didn't really play any other games. Um, I've been playing. Uh. Outriders. Oh yeah, right. You said and dude, Outriders is fucking awesome. I'm not gonna lie, it's really good. It's really fun. Cool. I, I mean, it's a little bit like the polish in terms of like the gra- like the animations and stuff mm-hmm. are a little bit janky, but like it is just the combat is so fun and unique, and it's it's a cover based shooter, but it actually kind of it benefits you to play more aggressively because you actually heal by using your abilities to damage enemies and shit. I don't know if you played the demo or anything I like didn't. that, but I'm telling you, I I am probably I don't know how far I'm into it, but um, I've been playing it all this week, <clears throat> you know, an hour or so a day, mm-hmm. and I've just been really really enjoying it and i think that if it ever like goes on sale or something like that and it's ever cheap for ps5 you should just just pull the give plug, it a shot because it. it's it's really good and you can play it all by yourself or you can just you can play with other people if you want so it's you can play it all co-op if you want or mm-hmm. you can, i don't know how many people you can have at a party or whatever 
but uh, <clears throat> it's got a really good um, web, like item modification slash like kind of crafting system where you know like in games like Diablo and other RPGs games you pick up an item and it has like some sort of special attribute that like enhances maybe a skill that you have so like you know uh for example uh we're talking about outriders i'm playing as the trickster class which is like the like assassin type class a lot of it's a lot of like um teleporting behind your enemies and like like slashing them and shit like that and um so one of the abilities is the ability to do this like slash where you like slash them with your altered powers, whatever the fuck that means. And <laughs> they like become transparent where like their skeleton is just there and then they'll just fucking explode. Mm. And uh, it's like you use it once and then there's a cooldown, but there's a, an attribute you can get for like armor where if you get it it'll allow you to use it twice before it cools down okay that's cool and so that's like that's like an example of like one of the things that you can like do a boon, um yeah. right so this crafting system the way that it works is that so in order to do crafting or modification to weapons and items you need resources and those resources you get by one um like killing guys and mining materials from the environment and two by salvaging uh items that you pick up so like items you don't need anymore you can salvage them and you'll get materials back yeah one of the things that's cool about it is that if you have an item that has one of these buffs on it for one of your skills or whatever when you salvage that item you learn that buff and now you can actually in the crafting system, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can apply it to whatever weapon you want, as long as that weapon has a slot that you can that you can attach a buff to. So, like, let's say, so for example, I do this all the time where I'll pick up a, a piece of, let's say, I, I got a helmet and I really like the buff that's on it because it, like, you know, like I said, let's just use that thing I said as an example. It lets me use this skill twice before it cools down, yeah. and I pick up a new helmet. That is better in every way, it but it has a, it has a skill buff on it that I don't like. I can actually switch them out, salvage the one that I had on previously, learn that buff, and then go to the guy that does the weapons mod or the item modifications, and then apply that buff to like overwrite the because buff you that's already on found that it, so it's yours thing, to because I already found it. So yeah. it allows me to put it on there, that's and you nice. can. It allows you to really like kind of tailor your items to the way you want to play. Because mm. like Diablo, Diablo has a really different. It's like it's like a different way of doing. It. It's a similar kind of system, but like in Diablo, usually you'll find legendary items that are really good, and then you'll pick the abilities for your class that match the items that you find. Yeah. So in Outriders, it allows you to kind of do the opposite. You can pick whatever skills you really like using. And then just, if you have learned the attributes already, you can apply them to whatever fucking items you have just so that you can use the skills that you want and play the way that you want. And surely there's a limit to how many you can put on at a given time, right? Oh yeah. No, like weapons have slots. And if you like, you know, depending on the rarity, like you, there's like common, which is like white. And then there's, 
there's uncommon, which is green, and there's rare, which is uh, blue, and then legendary is purple, and then there's like epic weapons or whatever, which are like gold or what have you. So like depending on the the rarity, it gives you a certain number of slots from one up to three. Yeah, and so you have to have at least one slot to be able to apply one of those attributes to it. Yeah. And the other, the other cool thing about the, the modification system, and I don't know if I've ever seen this, I've, it's probably been in other games, but I don't remember using it before is that if you have the resources, not only can you change what buffs you put in and out of your weapons, but there's, you also have the option to level up a weapon. So it just generally increases the attributes of the weapon or you can increase the rarity of the weapon. So like, let's say you have a rare item. You can pay some, <laughs> Excuse me. pay some amount of uh, resources, increase it to a, an, a legendary, go from a blue to a purple, and then now it adds another fucking attribute slot wow. so that you can like add another, uh, you know, buff to you, like skill buff to your weapon if you want or your your shield or you don't have shields but like your whatever item it is Mm -hmm. so like the uh the the i'll call it the crafting system but it's really like a modification because you're not crafting new items you're just modifying the ones you have Mm -hmm. to either be a better level a higher rarity or modifying whatever the skill buffs are that are in it. And it's just awesome. Like it works really well. Like it's really streamlined. It's not super deep. Like you don't have to sit there and fucking micromanage all of your shit to like make it work really well, which is something that like, I don't have time for anymore. So I appreciate a system like this where like, it's, it's not necessarily like RP it's kind of RPG light, but it's still very RPG esque where you're like leveling, you're picking all your items, you're picking all your skills, you're matching your items to your skills so that it buffs everything. Right. You're picking, like you're trying to, you know, pick, you get three skills that you can have active at once and you try to pick them so that they kind of complement each other. Uh, like to give you in like your weapons, the, the, the buffs that your weapons get are buffs for the weapons. They're not buffs for your skills. So like right. all your armor will buff your skills. All your weapons have buffs for the weapons. So like, uh, like a, a gun that I have, for example, it had, it was a blue item. So it had one slot in it. And the buff that was in there was, uh, shots will freeze enemies, which was cool. Like, okay, I really like this. And then I, but then I decided I'm going to increase the rarity of this gun. So it went from a blue to a purple. And whenever I upgraded the rarity, it added a buff slot. And so I already have the buff that's freeze enemies. The second buff I unlocked was to enemies that are killed when they're frozen explode for a shitload of damage to any of the enemies around them. So you can like pick buffs for a particular weapon where they they complement each other and it's it's really really cool uh, so like i i don't know and just the the way the game feels when you play it and stuff i'm really enjoying it i don't know i i i uh i i think it would be cool for you for you to try it out sometime if you get a chance because it, it is a really it is a game that i think that like you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's like a 10 out of 10 or something like that. But like, it's just, it's one of those games that's, that's refreshing. Refre- it sounds kind of silly to say it's refreshing, but it, it's just fun to play. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Yeah. I'm not, like... You know, a lot of games like the Resident, Resident Evils and The Last of Us and the God of Wars and shit like that, I have to, like, prepare myself mentally to play them sometimes because it's, like, the atmosphere and the weight of the game and the story and everything. It's more of an experience than it is just gameplay. Mm-hmm. And while there is, like a story that's kind of interesting and stuff in outriders the real like gem of the game is just playing it like it's just fun to play the combat is fun so i just sit down and i just fucking run around and kill shit and you know the game is really like it doesn't take itself seriously it's super gory like it's just it's so fun to just be like you know, there a bunch of guys will be coming at you, and they're all hiding in this bunker. And it, it's like, oh, they think they can get away from you. And then I have this skill where I just fucking teleport behind them, and then use this slash ability that catches all of them at once, and they just fucking explode awesome. into a cloud of gore. Yeah. And it's just so cool to just and then like you and then you know you do that and you get all your health back, so it makes you feel powerful, <clears throat> and you get like a shield and shit. Like it's it's just very very fun. So. I mean, that's what I've been playing, and I'm going to be keep playing. I probably, unless I beat it or something, which I might, I'm probably going to be playing that until Horizon comes out. I guess. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's funny. So, I mean, I, I want to beat it. I, I really like it. Yeah, that's funny because that was my goal with Resident Evil Village. I just figured, well, I'll just play this between now and Horizon comes out, and I beat it in three days. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Now what? Mm-hmm. Do I try to beat Darkest Dungeon or what? All right. Well, let's move on to the news. Well, actually, first we we promised the listeners we would do this quick PlayStation quiz on Push Square. We didn't do it last episode. We were going to do it this episode. So if any of you guys went and did that, <clears throat> Jake and I are going to do it for the first time now and see uh, you guys can stack your score up against ours. So I've got it pulled up here. Um, in what year, this is on pushsquare.com, in what year did the original Crash Bandicoot launch on PS1? 95, 97, 96, or 94? Man. So 94 uh, for 97. Original Crash I'm going to guess 96. Wow. I don't know this for sure. I didn't have a PS1, to be honest. I was going to say 95, but we'll go 96. I was going to say 95. We're going to go with Jake on this one. Say 96. Correct, buddy. All right, my dude. Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. 
So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This is awesome. Good job. All right. Which of these games was not a PS2 launch title? Final Fantasy X, Tekken Tag Tournament, Ridge Racer 5, or Dynasty Warriors 2, which was not a PS2 launch title. <coughs> I, I I don't know if you know the answer to this, but my gut is telling me Tekken Tag Tournament. I think that came out later, but I'm not positive. I don't think Final Fantasy X would have been a launch title, but... I think it was. Was it really? I'm not positive, but I... I I mean, obviously... You were right the last time. You're going to keep picking yours until you're wrong. Okay. I think it's Tekken Tag Tournament, but I'm not positive. All right. Tekken Tag Tournament. Final Fantasy X was the correct answer. Oh, God. You were right. Dude, the reason why I said that... Let me explain so I don't feel too stupid. The Mm -hmm. reason why I said that is because I remember playing Final Fantasy X... I feel like right after I got my PS2. Yeah. So it could just be that I'm remembering that wrong because I don't know specifically when it came out. I just feel like I remember playing it pretty close after I got my PS2. I know 7 was a PS1 title for sure. Yeah, but it didn't come out until 97. So, you know, then there was 8 and 9 and 10. Yeah, you're... I, that was stupid. I didn't think about that. Nah, fair enough. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's let's try this next one. This is why we're a good podcast because we have different shared knowledge. Uh, we'll say we got we got a half a point on that one because no, we're a hundred. Well, yeah, you're, you're right. right. Fair enough. Because I, know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still answered it right. But all right, how many Ratchet and Clank games are there as of 2022? Ten. Oh my god, there's so 12, many. 15 or seventeen. There's no way there's... I'm not going to be able to answer this, but I think... I'm going to go 12. I would pr- probably guess 12, 12. One of the middle two. I'm going to say 12. If it's 17, I'm going to lose my shit. It's 17! 17 Holy Ratchet hell. games? That's... Well, they did They did all those like weird little <laughs> ones. Those like, little downloadable games and shit that I never played. But there was the original trilogy... And then they did, like, the Clank games, and they did, like, Quest for Booty and all that shit, yeah. and they did All for One. They did the remake and now of there's one. two games. What's that? There's Remake of One, and there's the Rift Apart. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I, there's a lot I never played. That's why I didn't. I had no guess for this. I didn't think there would be 17, though. That's ridiculous. All right, so That's the next... There might even be a mobile game. Yeah. Who was Soul Calibur 2's special guest character on PlayStation 2? Was it... Ezio uh, from Assassin's Creed. Was it Lara Croft? Was it Hayate Mishima from Tekken? Or was it Cloud Strife? I'm going to go Cloud, dude. No, it was Hayate Mishima. I could tell you the answer to that right now. Good job, man. Yeah, because I, I, I actually I played that game. Fair enough. So it, it was... Because uh, never, I've never really been a fighter fan, but I was all... I, dude, Tekken... Tekken 3 was like my fucking jam yeah. on PS1. I never got into Tekken or, or Soul Calibur. And I just liked the story and like there there was a there was a an anime <clears throat> movie, an anime Tekken movie that I was really into when I was younger. Yeah. And so between that and like really liking Tekken 3, I kind of even though I wasn't a huge fighting fan, I 
kind of gravitated towards that a little bit. And so when Soul Calibur 2 came out, I remember, like, I specifically remember Haihachi Mishima, who's like the, he's like the, uh, the M. Bison of Tekken. Mm -hmm. So he's like the main bad guy. Gotcha. And, you know, so that was kind of, it was kind of cool to see that because he was a PlayStation staple. I can't remember who the, the Xbox guy was. I remember it being somebody cool, though. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, continue. continue. This I'm next one's easy. Something. Yeah, we don't want to take too long the quiz. But this next one's super easy. You and I are both Vita, Vita fans. Um, what was the name of the PlayStation Vita exclusive Assassin's Creed game? Do I even have to give you the multiple choice? Do you know it off the top of your head? You'll know it as soon as I say it. Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? The PlayStation Vita exclusive Assassin's Creed game was called what? Liberation. Yeah, that's correct. Boom. Spawn. 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 Was the fucking. He was the. Yeah, he was the, uh, <clears throat> the. The exclusive character for Xbox, which is fucking dope. Yeah, that is cool. Anyway, continue. Sorry. All right, so we're doing pretty good. In uh, what year did Little Big Planet release on PS3? I want to say 2008, but the options are 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. 2000 for some reason 2008 sounds right to me I I don't hate that answer because I think little big planet 2 came out in 2010 so 2010 or 2011 so 2008 it's either 07 or 08 I'm gonna guess go ahead and you just pick eight I think that's probably fine but it might be seven correct yes Got it. Oh, eight. See, we're doing all right. This is why we have a PlayStation podcast. Which gun in Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater has infinite ammo? Oh, God. What are the options? Because I never beat Snake Eater. I beat it. Uh, the Patriot. The Makarov, which sounds fake. The Type 17 Mauser. Or the XM16E1. <laughs> uh, I have... I have no idea. The Patriot, just because it sounds fucking cool. I don't think it's the Patriot. I think it's the XM16E1. Go ahead. What if you're right? I don't want to feel bad. Let's do it. XM. <laughs> I, I, it's literally just a, a wild ass guess. So you I were right. Really God damn it! It's the Patriot. Was it the Patriot? Yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, oh, that's the most Metal Gear sounding of them. So why would it so have infinite kind of, ammo though? I don't. I don't remember. It's probably like a special gun you can find. It might be like a like a sequence in the game. I don't. Do you 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 played it? Don't you remember getting the Patriot? No, and having I don't. It's, it was. I played it a long time ago. All right. Which of these animals? This this should be an answer for me, but it, I don't know the answer. Which of the animals do not appear as an enemy in the original Resident Evil? Crocodile, dog, crow, or spider? I think it's spider, but I'm not sure. I think you're right. Because I, I played Resident the first Resident Evil, the HD remake, not that long ago. And I don't remember fighting a spider. I don't but remember I fighting a crow, that. though. Do you fight a crow? Yeah, they, like, fucking attack they come you down and, and shit swoop in the mansion. Uh, yeah. Let's go spider. It's crocodile. God damn it. That one seems too it? obvious. Yeah, I feel like there's... Maybe I'm thinking of Resident Evil 7 when you're in the fucking swamp <laughs> and fight a crocodile. 
All right. Well, we don't have a whole lot of questions left. We'll get on with the news. This is question nine of 15. What's the name of the first assassination target in Tenchu Stealth Assassins? No idea. No never clue. Played. I didn't play Tenchu. Yeah. So. Uh, it's either Ekigoya, Onakagi, Rikimaru, or Sasaki. Uh, I'm going to go Rikimaru. Nope. Ekigoya. All right. What was Nathan Drake's surname before he changed it to Drake? I actually don't what even. Are the, what are the options? I don't even know this. Thomas, Morgan, Richards, or Flint? It's definitely not Flint. Thomas, Morgan, Richards, or Richards Flint? or Flint? Nathan. I think it's Thomas. I think it's either Thomas or Morgan. They, they, they tell you this in Uncharted Three. 4. Oh, they tell you in 4? Yeah, because remember at the beginning, it's like when he's a kid and freaking Sam like takes him away. I think it's Morgan. Is it Sam Morgan? Morgan is a pirate name, though. So I don't think it's, it's either Thomas or Morgan. It's either Thomas or Morgan. I don't know which one, though. I got to tape it. I'll do Thomas. Wow. Actually, I'm going to go Morgan because the the first answer on the last question was a correct one. So Morgan is the second option on this one. Morgan is correct. Look at that. I've gotten through many uh, many standardized tests that way. I just outsmart the guessing. tester. Yeah. All right. In Killzone, most Hellgast eyes glow which color through their helmets? I believe it's yellow. Orange. Oh, is it orange? Or yellow. Orange is an option. Orange, red, orange. green, or blue. I think it's orange because I was thinking yellow. I think it's orange. Orange. Boom. Got it. In what year did Squaresoft merge with Enix to form Square Enix? 2000, 2003, 2005, or 2008? It was either 2000 or 2003. Um, 2000 seems like it should be the right answer because it's the turn of the century. Because all the Final Fantasy games, the PS1 Final Fantasy games, were, were all square soft. Mm-hmm. Um. Final Fantasy X, I believe, 2003, I'm going to guess. Let's go 2003. Because I, I think Final Fantasy X was still Squaresoft. Let's do it. Correct. Good job, Jake. We're fucking killing it. What artifact drives the story of the original Tomb Raider? The Core, the Ankh, the Scion, or the Ark? It's probably the Ankh. Is this Tomb Raider like the original, the original Tomb Raider? It's either the Ark or the Ankh. A lot of it is like Egyptian. I have no clue. Stuff. I'll be honest with you. I have no clue. I didn't. I mean, I played the demo. I'm gonna go the Ankh, but I didn't. It's probably. Let me say it's the Ark. It's fucking, we'll go Ark then. We'll go Ark. I don't know, man. I'm just guessing. Ankh. Uh, Damn it! It's the Scion. Oh uh, yeah. I don't remember okay. that. It's. I mean, it sounds like something that she's going after. All right, here we go. What developer created SOCOM? Slant 6, Zipper, Interactive, Sucker Punch, or Dice? Zipper, I think. I think it's Zipper. Definitely wasn't Sucker Punch. Slant 6, maybe. I don't think it was Dice. Let's go Zipper. Yeah, we got it. Nice. God of War. Kratos' body markings weren't always red. What other color was considered during development? I'm going to say blue. The options are orange, black, blue, or purple. Oh, purple, maybe. I was going to say blue, because he's had blue in the past, I think. 
Yeah, I'd go blue. That seems very Greek. Blue's correct. We got 9 out of 15. So, it says we're a PlayStation enthusiast. I think that's a very accurate uh, report card. Hey, not bad. You know your PlayStation. All right. 9 out of 15. Not too shabby. All right, guys. Get back to the podcast. Let's talk about some new news, Jake. So, the new PlayStation Plus games drop for, for February. We know what they are. The first one is the PS5 version of Planet Coaster. We're going to get back to this. It's called Planet Coaster on PS5. The second is Borderlands 2 DLC, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, a Wonderlands one-shot adventure for PS4. I'm pretty sure that this this DLC was what prompted... The, the tiny make, Tina's. The, the making of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah, I'm sure. So, so like, it, so if you want to get like a, a feel for what Wonderlands is going to be like, this is probably a good kind of way to dip your toe into that sort of a little precursor atmosphere, right? that world, you know. And then uh, it e- looks cool. I, I don't know if you watched anything about it. Like, <laughs> it looks just like the trailers for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah, but this came out a long time ago, though. This I think from Borderlands Two, right? It came out a while back, so it's mm-hmm. an older game. And then uh, EA Sports UFC 4 on PS4. So let's let's first just discuss the game selection. How do you feel? Planet Coaster on PS5? Yeah, fine. Give or take. That's fine. I think a lot of people are unhappy about the Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep Wonderland's One-Shot Adventure on PS Plus because in 2019, we were given the Handsome Jack Collection as a as a free game and that was included in that so a lot of people feel like they're getting ripped off here i believe it has an eight dollar price point for the i don't know that i necessarily call it a i don't know if i necessarily call it a ripoff but i would definitely say that it's a little bit cheap but what this tells me is that i'm guessing that they're because the, the release date for Tiny Tina's Tiny Tina's Wonderlands has not been announced yet. Oh, it's right? yeah, no, no, it's 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 out there. Um, I have it on my oh, phone is it? here. I'll tell you real quick. I have it pulled up, dude. Um, let me get my uh, Safari open here. It is March eighteenth. So my guess is that that's what's driving this. For sure. Is just that, you know, they're like, oh, well, because it seems like Sony has a relationship with this game. Mm -hmm. I think it's multi-plat, but I think Sony has a relationship with this game. So they're probably like, if we drop just this, because most people are like, oh, Borderlands 2, like they're not going to inherently know that this. I didn't know this was even a thing. Right. I didn't even know this was a thing. So it could be that. Sony's just like, let's use up a PS Plus slot for PS4, throw this game on there, this piece of, you know, uh, standalone DLC on here. Mm -hmm. So players would be like, oh, I'll play this. And then it's just like, oh, wait, in a month and a half, a brand new fucking game is coming out that's like the sequel to this. So it, it makes sense from a marketing perspective, but I can understand why people might feel a little bit shorted. Sure. With that. Inclusion, yeah, yeah, and apparently, going off of this news point, um, there's weird stuff going on with PS Plus games. 
that Sony just needs to figure their shit out. Because... What do you mean? Here's the thing. Some of these games, for example, Planet Coaster, has a free upgrade if you own it on PS4. You can get the PS5 version, right? But if you're a PS4 owner and you don't have a PS5 due to limited stock or whatever... Planet Coaster is a free plus game, but they're only giving away the PS5 version, even though it's the exact same game on PS4. So there's a lot. I mean, they are they are different games, right? I, mean, ah, is, I don't know about it is that. An, it is a native version. They're just saying they're, you don't have to buy it twice. But if you don't fucking own it at all, they're not. They're only offering you the 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 new version of the game. So if you don't own that it seems at all, so backhanded though. Because these but people like, are okay. paying for PS Plus. Could you imagine if you're a PS Plus subscriber? Because I say this because last month we got Dirt 5. And that's a cross-gen. And they let you get either. So why are they picking and choosing which games... Like, so if you're a PS4 owner, you could get Dirt 5 last month. If you're a PS5 owner, you get Dirt 5 last month. But this month... PS4 owners can't get Planet Coaster. They have to have a PS5 to do it. So the only way for them to get it in their library is to use the mobile app and download it and and add it to their library and wait till they buy a PS5. I just think so it's here's weird. The, if they're trying to compete with Game Pass, that's all I'm saying. Here's the problem. Here's the problem is that they're – I think Dirt 5 – yeah, it is kind of bizarre. They're like – this month, meaning January, they released – Dirt 5. The same as Deep Rock Rock Galactic Galactic. also had the same issue. Both of them were PS4 and PS5. You can get them both, yeah. Um, It is kind of interesting. I mean, I'm sure it it all boils down to what the deal is what the the deal is with the developer or the publisher of the game. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) to me, I mean, I guess guess I'm sitting from a place of privilege where i can say like i don't give a fuck because i have a ps4 and a ps5 so i mean my ps4 is in a box i don't use it anymore but like i can understand why someone would be like well wait a minute but at the same time from sony's perspective you're still getting two free games they're like they're like look we're offering two PS4 games and one PS5 game every month. Right. And it just so happened that you got lucky in January and you got three PS4 games. But regularly, generally, they're only offering... It it just gets muddy whenever there's two versions of the same game. There should be some consistency on Sony's end, though, is all I'm saying. I think think if... I don't disagree. If if they are... If they're taking money from people to be part of PS Plus... Why be stingy about whether or not they can get you Planet Coaster on a PS4? Like, you know, Sony has enough money that they could just pay the developer or whatever. What's their goal? Is their goal to drive PS5 sales? If that's the goal, then get more PS5s out. Like, put them on the shelves. They can't, you know? know. It's just weird. It's just a weird inconsistency. And this this isn't the first time this has been an issue. And I wasn't even aware of it because it doesn't affect me like you said we're both kind of sitting at this place where we're both ps5s and ps4 so it doesn't even you know do i care about planet coaster no not at all um but it is weird that they're not making the game available to ps4 users who are subscribed to plus if they're giving it to people on ps5 yeah it is really 
it is really confusing. Like I, I feel like one area that Sony has kind of dropped the ball mm. is just on their commitment to their messaging, but with regard to the crossplay shit. I mean, it's not necessarily yeah. the crossplay so much as it is, as it is the backwards compatibility. So it's like some games you get both versions. Some games you only get one version. You have to pay for both. Pay versions. for the some upgrade. Games you some can you upgrade get free for free. Upgrade. Some games you have to pay for an upgrade. Some. It's like this is one area. There's a lot of the same games I've, on sale. Like, uh, there's a lot of the same game, but different versions out there. Yeah, and it's it's stupid. Like this is one area where Microsoft is just hands over fist, just better than fucking Sony, and that is that with the smart delivery system with Xbox, if there's multiple versions of the game, the console doesn't, you don't know as the consumer, the console just downloads whatever version of the game is relevant to the console you have. The one you're playing on. So, right. So like if there's, you know, I have an Xbox one S and, and and I have a Xbox, sorry, I have an Xbox one S and I have an Xbox series S and I was playing uh, Outriders originally on my my One S. I, to be, I still fucking hate the names of the Xbox consoles. So I was playing on my One S, and then whenever I downloaded it on my Series S, it was never like, "Which version do you want?" Like whatever, whatever. It was just like, "No, you just download Outriders." Right. And it's like, "Oh, I, I got the newest version of the game," but I didn't. I, I there's it was completely transparent. I had no no indication of like, do I need to upgrade? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? And it's like, no, you just, you have the version you have. So if you had like a PS, like in, in Sony's world, it would be like, Oh, if you have a PS five and you go to buy the game on the store, like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but you can buy like the PS four or the PS five fucking version of the game. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, just, just, only have the PS5 version if I'm on my PS5. Why are you fucking giving me the option for both? So, and then you can like, like with, uh, what was it? Oh, Skyrim Special Edition. I was bitching on the podcast not that long ago about how I have two fucking icons on my on my cross-media bar because I originally have the disc for the PS4 version, but I've installed the PS5 version. And in, because I have the disc for the PS4 version, I have to have that fucking icon installation on my desktop. No, it's thank so you. stupid. I don't know. I mean, I could rant about this all day, probably. But yeah, there's just the Sony inconsistency. Just tight. It's it's not like what they're do. It's not like what they're doing is wrong. They just need to tighten it up, clear up the messaging, be consistent. Make it so that the put a governor on the system so you don't download the wrong this. version, right? Do yeah. something. It's ridiculous. All right. Anyways, so we like Sony, but we get frustrated with some things. Um, so Warner Brothers, Jake, uh, they're holding fast that Hogwarts Legacy is still going to come out in 2022, despite the scuttlebutt going on the internet saying that it's going to be pushed out to 2023. There's been some rumors on the internet just saying that development has been very difficult for this game and you know uh, people are saying that ah, you know it's probably going to get pushed back. But Warner Brothers has come out recently and said, "Nope, this game's coming out in 2022." Essentially, that's the gist of it. So, I think this I game looks hope awesome. So, because I 
think it looks fucking cool. And my wife is a huge Harry Potter fan, so I think she'd be interested in it. So I, 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 th- I hope it does, but I hope they don't like rush it out to be like, oh, we're trying, you know, we're going to prove everyone wrong. We're going to fucking release it on December 31st of 2022. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a steaming pile of shit because we didn't take our time with it. You know, I would much rather than just be like, hey, we're still planning on releasing it in 2020. Like, I just wish the messaging was a little bit more like direct. Yeah. Like, like don't say this shit. If in eight months, you're just going to delay the game because you're not ready. Right. Say like, hey, we're still planning on releasing it this year, but shit happens. Yeah, it does. And, you know, like I hate when they're like they double down, double down. It's this year. It's this year. It's this year. And I know they got to do it to like fucking jerk off their their shareholders and shit like that. But it's like. Just be honest. Right. Just let us know. Like, like, yeah, I I know. It's. I know they got to do what they got to do to keep their stock price up and everything. And I appreciate that. Or, or made it's frustrating th- from a consumer perspective. There could also be the, the game plan that like, as long as that's the message you're sending to the public, then that puts more pressure on the developers to hold to it and try to get it done. Right. As soon as you cave as the publisher and you're like, nah, I got pushed back. Then everyone at the developer is like, whoo, buddy. Thank God they said it because this wasn't going to happen and we were stressing out, you know. But yeah. as long as they keep that pressure on, then they're they're driving their developers to work harder. So and that's my guess. And I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know buzz about whether people were working too hard at, at game developers and and you know overworking all that kind of stuff. We're not going to get into that, but I you know. I, my guess is that also just doubling down on the fact that they, that it's planned to come out in 2022 is a way to keep production in the game moving forward instead of like, you know, because I know, I know as a supervisor, like as soon as I tell somebody something isn't due until next week and they thought it was due like yesterday, they just take it and set it aside and I'll get to it later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's some of that going on probably too. So <clears throat> Death Stranding Director's Cut is coming out. Uh um, for PC on March 30th. This is a game I still haven't played. It was it was on... Wasn't this on your uh, back catalog list of games you wanted to play? I started it, and I, I played like five it. hours of it, but I'd, I'd like to get back... I'd like to finish it. I'd like to get back into it. My understanding mm-hmm. is that I was just getting to the part where it starts to like open up... like Not open up, but like become a little bit more convenient yeah because like the first couple hours man you're just fucking walking around and like yeah the atmosphere's cool the music's cool the story's cool but like i I don't know like uh, at the very least if you're gonna make me just walk around carrying packages give me like a, a mode where i just it's like fuck it i i it's just easy mode. I don't have to worry about falling. Down. I just have to walk. I just have to walk to wherever the hell I'm going to go. Yeah. And I get there and I got to, so I still got to avoid like the fucking whatever demon baby ghost monster things. But like, at least I don't have to worry about like, Oh, I'm walking. And then like, it takes me twice as long to get there because I'm stumbling down a fucking cliff. And then I got to pick up all my packages and go to like, wherever the hell you're going to go. It's like there's that meme on the internet where they call it like the FedEx simulator or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and it's like it's 
almost totally accurate because oh, no, I damaged the package because I dropped it what when I was falling do? down the yeah, right. fucking hill. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, I like the idea of like making your own path and like building the bridges and doing all that kind of shit. Like, I think that's cool, but I don't want to have to like struggle with like holding the triggers to balance my character and all that. Like, just let me fucking walk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd rather, I would rather it be just like a walking simulator where I can just walk and I can experience the atmosphere, experience the music, experience the tension of like the the monsters and shit. But not have to worry about falling down a hill and then being pissed because I got to scramble and pick up all these packages. That's so funny. Like, to me, that part of it's annoying. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, yeah, that's coming out on PC March 30th. Uh, and it's nice to see some of these PlayStation games exclusives coming out to PC. I think that's nice. I think it's a nice move of Sony's part. It's them uh, opening up a little bit to other, other markets. So we talked a bit about a PlayStation VR game a few episodes ago and the game's called Wanderer and uh, it's a time travel game and uh, it's out now so it's getting a lot of interest online remember I told you about this game I was talking about it and how it's like a quantum leap kind of game where like you're supposed to save the world somehow and you get put into these really strange situations in the different time eras and stuff it yeah, Push Square had a nice little article on it just saying that it looks fantastic and it's out and then you should have seen the comments people were like yeah this is on my radar it's definitely on my buy list this looks awesome I don't I haven't played the game but it is on PSVR and it looks pretty top tier just from what I've seen now I don't know how they're going to implement gameplay if it's going to be puzzles like uh, Panic Room kind of stuff or what they're going to do to implement gameplay in this game but I just remember the one screenshot of you sitting behind a drum kit at like Woodstock or something, like all these people, and you're just like behind a drum kit. I was like, that would be so cool to experience in VR, I think. It would be so neat. So <laughs> it looked cool. Um, but that game's out. It's called Wanderer. Just a little side note. And then Destruction All-Stars was a free PS Plus game uh, a while back. I know we got it on PS5. It got a really big upgrade recently. So they're still supporting this game. And one of the upgrades is is that like the collisions now cause gems and different things to drop um, that you can use in the game. So you, when you're wrecking into people, it's not just for points. You're actually getting other things for, for the game. So uh, apparently... Uh, a lot of people are really getting into this game now because of this upgrade to it, this update that got rolled out. So I would be willing to go back in and check this game out because I actually enjoyed playing it when I was playing it. I was I actually got okay at it, too. I enjoyed it. I just didn't like all of... Uh, it's probably the first PS5 game I really played um, for PS5. I didn't really like all of the chat room stuff. I couldn't figure out how to get out of the chat rooms, and there was just a bunch of people talking through my controller. Um, and it annoyed the shit out of me. So I figured out how to eventually, I think Sony rolled out an update or something where you can mute people or something. I don't know. But so as soon as I figured out how to do that, I enjoyed the game a lot more, but the game's kind of fun, Jake, and you should probably try it at least. It's a free game. If you put it in your library, at least. And, uh, it got a nice update. Yeah. I, I, I never really was super big on, um, on the game i just did you play generally yeah yeah i did i just just vehicle combat games in general just don't really do it for me so it kind of makes it hard for me to like uh, by you know default i'm sort of not really hot on the game Mm. but i i do want this game to succeed like i think Mm -hmm. it would be a really cool 
um, kind of thing for Sony to have in their back pocket if they can kind of polish it up and make it something fun that people want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just not, you know, I, I just wasn't really that into it when I was playing it. I really and liked so, it. I, I had a blast with it. But that's cool. I was just looking at some some shit about this that PSVR game, The Wanderer, and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, hey, uh, another VR in, in other VR news, I should say, uh, Walking Dead: Saints and Sinners was a critically acclaimed VR game, and it's on PSVR. Uh, Skybound Games has announced that it is getting a sequel, and the sequel is going to be called Retribution Chapter Two. So, Walking Dead Saints Sitters Retribution Chapter 2 has been announced. This is a game I would like to try. It's like survival horror, but it's also like PSVR. I guess what I've understood is like the melee combat and the the killing the zombies is real visceral. Like it's kind of weird feeling to like stab like a zombie in the head and stuff. Like you kind of feel it. Um, I don't know how you feel it, but I guess it's just tricking your brain or something. But it got really good reviews, this game. And I don't know what the story is, or I just kind of assumed it was just like you're in this world, just stay alive as long as you can. But I guess if there's a story to it, I might get into this and try it out. Huh. We don't know if this part two is coming to VR two or if it's a VR game or if it's even PSVR. We don't know if it's going to be just Oculus. We don't know. But they have announced that uh, they did Greenlight a sequel. So that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah. So I have new games, but I don't have all the new games. I have some on my phone that are coming out. Um, usually I pull this off of Push Square. Um, so February is a big is a big game release month. So these are the big games that I know of that are coming out in February. So Horizon Forbidden West is coming out February 18th. Jake and I have talked about this at length, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Probably Elden Ring comes out February 25th. And then going into March, we have Gran Turismo 7. And then Tiny Tina's Wonderland March 18th. <coughs> so, other games coming out in February on PlayStation per Push Square. Um, February 4th, it says Dying Light 2. I don't know if that's happening or not. Is that right? Is Dying Light 2 coming out? February 4th, yeah. Okay. Then Road Redemption, PS4, Maglem Lord. Um, it's also coming out on PS5, Down Lake 2. I stand corrected. Edge of Eternity on February 10th. And uh, that's weird. The, the, the PlayStation 5 version of Edge of Eternity comes out on February 11th. Unbound Worlds mm-hmm. Apart on PS5. And uh, that's coming out the 11th. Bassmaster Fishing. February 11th, Dynasty Warriors 9, Empires, February 15th. It is a big, big month. Um, the King of Fighters 15, February 17th, Infernax, which looks like a 100% Castlevania rip, um, February 18th. I don't know how companies get away with just straight up ripping off these old classics. So I don't think it's I, I don't think it's a rip off. It seems like it's much more involved. <laughs> like it's more of like they've got like skill elements to it, yeah. and it's a little bit more. You know, I think it. I think it's more like I think it's less of a rip and more of a inspired by. Sure, kind of but I mean, it's just so obvious, right? That, that where it's taken, yeah. it's, it's uh, where it went to school, so to speak. Monarch Deluxe Edition on uh, PS5 is coming out February 22nd. Monster Crown on PS4 February 22nd. Assetto Corsa Competizione 
February 22nd. Truck Driver Premium Edition, February 22nd. YouTuber's Life 2, February 22nd. Martha is Dead, February 24th. Grid Legends, February 25th. Tormented Souls, February 25th. And Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream, February 25th. Record of Lados War, Deedlit the Wonder Labyrinth, February 25th. <clears throat> Call of the Sea, Nora's Diary Edition, February 25th. Breath Edge, February 25th. Undernauts, Labyrinth of Yomi, February 25th. Um, Reverie Knights Tactics. I love tactics style games. That might be interesting, February 25th. And then we had a news point and going right into March 1st. Um, what was the uh, game company that was making this? Elix 2 is coming out March 1st. Remember we talked about that? We didn't know what Elix 1 was and we did all that research. <clears throat> I forget who the company was. Was it uh, – it, it was that game company that bought a ton of games out, wasn't it? Oh, what the hell? THQ Nordic yeah. is the publisher. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I forget who the developer of LX was, but it was critically acclaimed, the first LX, but that LX2 comes out March 1st. So there's a ton of games coming out February. If Push Square releases them week, weekly, we'll be back next week to let you know which ones on the PSN or whatever are releasing, but that was the master list they had. I thought I'd just chime in and tell you what that was. And Jake, I'm getting kind of worn out here today, doing a lot of talking on the show. I'm surprised I haven't coughed as much as I thought I was going to. But uh, do you have any closing thoughts or any closing comments or anything you'd like to share with the listeners today? I I don't think so. Um, I don't know what the next big game that comes out is Dying Light. And I would like to play it, but I am going to hold off because I don't think that I'm going to be able to finish it before Horizon comes out. Dying Light's so, going to take 500 hours, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that sucks about Horizon, too, is that Horizon comes out like the day before I have this big installation for work. So mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to be able to play it for like four or five days after it comes out. So that's a bummer. Put the but blinders on, dude. Just just don't pay. Generally, attention. I would say um, there's a lot of good games to play, so mm-hmm. I can play them. Fair enough. I just want to make one comment, and I was going to comment on it, but then I was like, maybe I shouldn't because uh, the people on YouTube won't be able to see it because the way I have your, your image crop. But the way we do the show is we do a Zoom call, and then I grab the screen of Jake, and I crop it out so you just see his head. But what I can see, what you can't see as a viewer, is Jake has a Yamaha hoodie on. And my first electric guitar was a Yamaha Pacifica. And I liked it so much I bought a second one. I had a second one. But yeah, I just wanted to comment on Yamaha's have kept that logo and that brand for so long, that little circle thing. It's so funny because Yamaha, like this this hoodie is specifically a Yamaha motorsports hoodie, yeah. so like motorcycles. <laughs> but it's like the same logo for everyone. Uh, but they they have the, Yamaha's a weird company because they have their music instrument division, mm-hmm. and then they have their motorsports division, and there's like they're different divisions, but. From a marketing perspective, there's almost no like division between them. No, it's none. like people, 
Yeah, you say Yamaha, and half of the fucking world is like, oh, you're talking about pianos. And right. the other half of the world is like, oh, you're talking about ATVs. Yeah. It's like, nah. it's a really And they weird don't fucking company. talk to each other. They, they've got <laughs> it so figured, weird. They've got to figure it out, though, right? Like, recreation yeah. and fucking music, man. Like, riding, getting dirty, and then, like, playing music. They're two very important things in life. So, I love Yamaha, man. People made fun of me for playing the Pacifica for such a long time, but... Dude, all their shit's good. All their shit's good. Yeah. Even the Pacifica was a good guitar for how much it cost. Yeah, I think I got it for like 120 bucks, 300, maybe 300 bucks actually, 300 bucks or something. Yeah, more. but I loved it. And then I got another. I think one. You can still buy them? Can you? I think you can still buy them. That's yeah, awesome. it's a nice little good guitar. It's almost like a, a Fender, but uh, it's a Yamaha, dude. Get it right. So, anyways. Uh, we're going to close the show off. Thanks for listening to PS This Is Awesome, episode one or 206. Man, almost cut us 100 episodes short. We really do appreciate our listeners, and I just wanted to say thanks so much for tuning in every every week. I've been able to keep an eye on our stats now that we've migrated the show over to different hosting, and uh, our listeners are increasing every week. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being one of the new listeners. We know you're out there. And uh, please, please share the show with your friends. Write us on Twitter. Write us at PSIsAwesome at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about video games, as always, and to uh, talk about our personal lives a little bit like we do. And uh, if you guys want to join the Patreon, don't forget it's out there. It's a dollar a month, and uh, it helps Jake and I. We have a couple patrons, patrons, and uh, we do appreciate your support out there. So let's keep it moving forward. And uh, like PT... Prey and Pro Evolution Soccer. P.S. P.S. This is this awesome. Is awesome.